fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck Program. My name is James T. Harris. Sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. It's Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a, a time-honored tradition out of the values of Western civilization. It is a fantastic holiday. And just like Christmas, it is under attack. This is a purposeful attack. This is an attack that has picked up steam in the last few years. Are you aware of it? You could probably feel it. You could probably just taste it. We're going to jump into this. The war on Thanksgiving. This is the Glenn Beck Program. James C. Harris sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program, and I am just having a fantastic time here. First time sitting in on a, a nationally syndicated talk show. Having a, having a great time, but I had a call. I had a call. My first call took me to the woodshed. You know, I, I feel like uh, the bell saved me there. It's like Rocky and Apollo Creed. I was, this is the Rocky one. I just happened to get up before he did because the bell knocked him out <laughs> he was saying i got it all wrong he was saying you know from he'd been waiting for hours everything i said was wrong well here's the deal yeah yeah congress did get a lot of things passed but i guess i should have said they didn't get the president's agenda passed mcconnell did not vow to impeach a uh, president to uh, obama just to make life difficult for him and why shouldn't he that's the way politics works. You allow Obama his term and, and try to defeat him the next time around. The Republicans didn't go for impeachment even when Obama went over their heads with executive orders. They just didn't. Obama pretended Congress didn't exist. And Congress didn't object because it was Obama, the first black president. You, you, who's going to Do you remember that whole thing? Do you remember? People were afraid to disagree with President Obama because they didn't want to be called racist. And of course, you know that the media was absolutely 100 sold out for Obama, even though he was spying on them. And most of the bills passed by the House are junk legislation. Let's just be real. Open borders. Climate. And no, David in Florida, they, <laughs> we wanted a back and forth, but we can do that on Twitter. You can you can follow me on Twitter at James T. Harris, or we can do that on Facebook. You can follow me there at James T. Harris Media. Let's talk about college students. You know what? Let's not. I was a high school teacher for 10 years, and uh, I was openly conservative, although I did not try to indoctrinate my children. My, my, my partner, uh, who's also a history teacher was a, a lefty. I would even say she was a, she was communist. <laughs> and we balanced each other beautifully. She had a mock legislation. This is in Brown Deer, Wisconsin, circa the 1990s. And that thing was so real. I was a Republican coach. She was the Democrat coach. That was so real that we had Congressman Barrett. He's now the mayor of Milwaukee at the time. Read that thing into the congressional record. It was outstanding. And my students all the time, especially my more liberal students, they were getting angry with the social issues of the day. This is before global warming, even though global warming was around. Um, uh, this was before socialism was really hip. But they were kind of like wanting to redistribute wealth. 
they said that you know what uh, people should give up more of their money in order to in order to have uh, poor people get off the streets. Some of my students even empathized with the poor and they went and lived with them in, in, in the middle of the inner city on, on, on sewer grates and stuff like that in wintertime and came back and shared their experiences. I said that was crazy. You know, I understand you walk in another man's shoes, but you know, it's crazy. And they kept pushing this. They kept pushing this. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, we're going to in- introduce, I'm going to introduce to you a great tax because there are a lot of people in this class who are suffering. They're poor in grades. You got some kids that are flunky. You got some kids that are D, you know, D minuses. Some kids are trying to put their head down on the desk. I was famous for hitting them in the head with tennis balls if they went to sleep in my classroom. I'd be arrested for that today. But uh, uh, I said, if you are an A student and I'm going to take your A and I'm going to knock it down to a B and I'm going to give that to somebody who's getting an F, so now they're getting a D. If you are a B student, I'm going to knock it down to a C. I'm going to give it to a D student and then they're going to end up getting a C. And I did it for real. I did that. I did that. It lasted for two days. <laughs> it one day longer out of my pride because I got called down to the principal's office. Parents were livid. Parents were livid. Students were, girls were crying. But I work hard. Why does he get my grade and I work so hard? I'm like, hey, it's great tax. He's poor. Look at him. He's sleeping. He's drooling. He's, you need to share your grade with him. To lift all the boats in the class. Oh, that got rejected quick. I haven't been in the classroom in over 20 years, and I still hear from former students about the great tax. We tie it in. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. We have moved so far down the road. Thanksgiving. You know, Christmas. Remember when we used to say, "Where put the Christ back into Christmas. It's about Jesus. It's about the birth of the baby Jesus. Not the grown man Jesus, the baby Jesus. <laughs> now it's about Santa Claus. As a matter of fact, we don't even, Thanksgiving, right after Halloween, they start putting out the Christmas stuff, but not about the baby Jesus. It's about the Santa Claus because they want you to buy gifts. We skip over, I think, arguably, one of the most important, most significant holidays in our history. Thanksgiving. We don't teach what it's about anymore. As a matter of fact, the College Fix, which is a fantastic uh, outlet, they, uh, they, they went and they asked students on campus what they thought about Thanksgiving. And I want, I want you, I want you to, to brace yourself if you haven't heard this because it is absolutely, it's absolutely crazy. So you think it's Christmas absolutely- and Easter are worse than Thanksgiving? Yeah, well, I think that, like, Thanksgiving has been misconstrued a lot, um, especially in textbooks, and it's kind of just based off of the genocide of indigenous people, Um, and I don't really think that we actually give thanks on Thanksgiving. We just eat a bunch of food, and it's just a bunch of capitalist We're here today at McAllister College, a small Christian private school in Minnesota, asking students if it's okay to celebrate Thanksgiving. Leaning towards no, I feel like with, you know, the historical context and, historical you know, context. kind of the really awful oppression of, mm. you know, indigenous people, mm. like the holiday is really like praised by, I think, people more on like the conservative side of things to oh, like uphold oh. that sort of tradition. Oh, <laughs> so much there. And the indigenous people, 
you know, it's only celebrated by people on the conservative side of the aisle. Actually, you know what? This young man may be on to something because the conservatives, more so than the liberals, know their history. They know the history of Thanksgiving. But if you thought that uh, uh, the that Thanksgiving was not under attack, I am telling you right here and right now, we got a generation of kids that want to get rid of the holiday. The original, like the celebrating a feast, really isn't because of the oh. notions of what the actual holiday was. Well, I mean, the entire thing is sort of based off of uh, indigenous peoples and the indigenous murder people. of indigenous peoples in history. The murder. Not really, but people. what do Americans do except for celebrate unethical holidays? Unethical. What other holidays are unethical? Columbus Day. I mean, Christmas break, it should be labeled as like winter break in general, but most schools are celebrating right. as Christmas break. Sure. Do you celebrate these holidays? Uh, more or less. Hypocrite! Yeah. And moral holiday? I guess if Santa Claus was part of the alphabet people, if you were a LGBTQ or something like that, it would be okay. Then it would be, you know, right. But no, these, these students, they're serious. The assault on Thanksgiving holiday is only a part of the wider war on traditional American values. You can hear it in these students' voice. Is it okay to celebrate Thanksgiving? Um, no. No. Yeah, it's probably not as bad as Christmas or Easter, Ooh. but like, Ooh. I don't know. Uh, so you think Christmas and Easter are worse than Thanksgiving? Yeah, definitely. They don't celebrate Christmas and Easter. Sure. That sucks. I'm pretty oh. anti-religious. So mm, I think that they're just like... Um, Why are you at a religious school then? There's a church right good over question. there. It's true. Good question. True. It's a good point. Is it okay to celebrate Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh my God. Um, that's a good question. Lord, I, think, help us, Jesus. I think it's okay as long as your values are in the right place. So the history of the holiday is obviously not the best. Mm. Um, and it's very violent and oppressive. But if you are celebrating like the value of gratefulness and friendship and love and family, then I, I think that's a different story. I tell you what, this is bad. This was bad, and we can point to uh, one place. Well, actually, two. I'll take it back to the parents, and I'll also take it back to our education institutions that teach kids this stuff. But, you know, you know, Thanksgiving is the perfect holiday to talk about the, the founding of this country and to talk about the miracle of free enterprise. And we will do that. This is James T. Harris on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris. I'm a radio talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. I am the ringmaster of the conservative circus, and the big top is News News Talk 550 KFYI. So happy to be sitting in for Glenn Beck today. You can follow me on Facebook at James T. Harris Media. Just look for the very beautiful man in a cowboy hat. You can also find me at Twitter, James T. Harris. We're talking about the war on Thanksgiving. It's started in the classroom and now it's spread out to the popular culture. And this season, we had a lot 
a lot of television shows that were breaking bad on Thanksgiving. Now, this is the time where we're supposed to be thankful. This is the time where we're supposed to sit down and talk to each other and share what we are thankful for. But all over the television, you had anti-conservative, anti-Thanksgiving messages from The Simpsons. You know, they're for, famous for their, their horror show episodes at Halloween. Now they had the Halloween and Thanksgiving and the aliens came down dressed like pilgrims because, you know, it's the pilgrims that destroyed the Indians and, you know, and colonized. Yes. And you heard it right in these college students, you know, in, in, in their in, in their explanations of why Thanksgiving is bad. They were talking about how it's unethical, genocide, racism. They've twisted the spirit of Thanksgiving into something unrecognizable. And you know what? And pretty gross. You've got one TV show where the teacher is bringing over a Thanksgiving gift to the child. And listen to what she says to him. Miss Homily Pronstroller. Graham, happy genocide day. My teacher in my temporary home. Happy genocide day. When I was a teacher, there was a book called uh, uh, the, the People's History. Howard Zinn, The People's History. Actually, I read that in college. It is an intoxicating book. I mean, uh, you, you learn how Columbus came over here and you learn how Columbus enslaved uh, the Indians in the search of gold. You didn't uh, never were told that Columbus's real name or was named after Christ bearer. Not that the, uh, the first people over here didn't do bad things, but genocide. No. So after show, Fox uh, TV shows, sitcoms are breaking bad on Thanksgiving. The assault is real. And what's crazy is we don't get down to what what uh, we don't teach what Thanksgiving was all about. Now, if you're a conservative, you know this. You know, that the pilgrims came over here. You know that they they had a compact. Well, actually, before they had a compact, they were more like a commune. They were working for the greater good, for the community. Many of the pilgrims lost their lives on the trip over. And we're talking about gale force winds. We're talking about uh, sailing on the Atlantic in winter. Terrible. And then the pilgrims, when they got here, they were living in these common ownership uh, communities and it backfired. Next year is going to be the 400th anniversary of the landing of the Mayflower and, and, and the subsequent founding of the Plymouth Colony by English separatists. They were known as pilgrims. And they, of course, became the mothers and the fathers of our Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Now, when they got here, of course, it was crazy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine landing on the virgin shores? Well, the Indians were here first. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, are Indians, Native Americans, the the uh, uh, tribes, the beat the nations. Okay, the nations. Uh, they were here first. Okay, and the nations were also very instrumental in helping those first uh, pilgrims adjust. And you could read the diary 
of William Bramford. He was the, the colony's first governor. You can read about the settlers' initial arrangement. Land was held in common. Crops were brought to a common storehouse and distributed equally. For two years, every person had to work for everyone else in the community, not for themselves. They couldn't work as individuals. They could not work as families. They had to live happily after in a socialist utopia. But the problem is the common property approach killed off about half of the settlers and Governor Bramford brilliantly in his diary talked about we got to do something different. People were complaining because in, in commonly working, people wouldn't show up. They wouldn't do the work, just like some of the students in my class would lay their heads down and, and drool, but they were happy to get that grade sharing program. Socialism is disincentives. Socialism, it bred con conflict, contempt. So Bradford changed up, gave out, you know, parcels of land had the individuals work for themselves, had families work for themselves. That was the birth of our free market economy. And I think that one of the things that Americans can do on Thanksgiving is give prayer for, prayerful, prayerful thanks for private property and the profit motive. It produced abundance and the pilgrims shared it with the their their native americans their nation brothers and sisters and they 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 joined together for at least two generations this is the period of time when god instilled a measure of peaceful productive self-interest into the human mind and he knew what he was doing and to, for that we should be thankful and we should say Amen. But see, you know what? These kids, they're not seeing it. And we've allowed for our schools to teach the kids lies. We've allowed for our schools to indoctrinate children, indoctrinate the culture. And now it's all in the popular culture. We are on the verge of losing Thanksgiving. And you're that one uh, young man, you know, uh, but Christmas and Easter are worse. The birth of Christ and the and the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ, that's, that's even a worse holiday. We're in bad shape. We got to pray because we're in bad shape. James T. Harris sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. They're calling it the Kanye effect. James T. Harris sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. And you know, the Kanye effect, I, I take offense. I do. I'm talking about the, <laughs> this new wave, this, this surge that is happening, uh, among Americans of African descent who are looking at the Republican party in a different way. Well, uh, not the Republican party. They're looking at President Trump. You see, for years, the Republicans uh, were afraid of Americans of African descent. And I can say that 
because I've been a Republican for pretty much my adult life. I didn't become uh, attracted to the Republican Party because of, uh, of their lofty principles, the very things that the Jeff Flakes of the world are talking about, those never-Trumpers who are upset because the president, you know, is not living up to their high, high, high idea of what a president, how a president is supposed to behave. No. I was attracted to the the values. I had a college, and when I was in college, I had a, a student, a roommate, who sat down and he had a chart. It's like a blind test. You had to check what you agreed with, which side you would agree with. I And I ended up checking off all the boxes, and when he removed the uh, the cover from the top that told you, you know, which was the Republican side and what was the Democrat side, I gasped. Ah! Ah! I'm a Republican. Then I had to come to terms with that. And I uh, voted uh, for my first time in my first presidential election. I voted to reelect President Ronald Reagan. And I, I grew to love Reagan. I started to read books. I read uh, the works of Russell Kirk. I read uh, The Road to Serfdom by Friedrich Hayek. I figured if I'm going to be in this part, i got to understand what these principles are, are all about. And I didn't tell my parents that I voted for a Republican for at least two years. My, my father said, I was born a Democrat, I'm going to die a Democrat. Now, there's a rumor that my mother, God bless her, that she very possibly voted for Nixon. Don't know why that. I, I just I feel that there was tension in the house around <laughs> around that period of time. But my parents lived conservative lives, and they brought us with conservative principles and values, like most Americans of African descent who come from two parent families. Yes, but when it came to the to voting, they voted Democrat. Well, and that that I broke away. I broke away early. I walked away, I blexited, I guess, early on, before these were even a thing. People used to question my conservative principles, my values. I told them, you know, I named my daughter Reagan, R-E-A-G-A-N. I'm probably going to insist that uh, my first grandchild be named Trump. Just playing. <laughs> Just bring me some grandbabies. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> this Kanye effect, though, is real. And when Kanye first came on the scene and he was talking about uh, uh, President Donald Trump and how he loved President Donald Trump, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And then when Kanye West came out and said, he tweeted this, actually, I love the way Candace Owens thinks. I was like, oh, wow. And that just thrusted her into the stratosphere. And she was ready for it. For those of you who follow Candace Owens, those of you who see her, she goes into the belly of the beast and she eviscerates people with just, br just brilliant. Her mind, sharp. But even with Candace and some of the people who are part of the Blexus movement here, they're new to conservatism. What they're drawn to is President Trump. And President Trump, surprisingly, to a lot of people, we figured, you know what, he's better than Hillary. For the love of Pete, he's better than Hillary. Jesus, help us. How many of you were praying election night 2016? I know I was. 
praying, Jesus, help us. <laughs> and I stayed on the, I was on the area. We were on the area, but 11 hours. 11 hours. We refused to go off until we heard the mainstream media say, President-elect Donald Trump. And we rejoiced. And we're still rejoicing. And I got to be honest with you. I I just thought, you know, he, he was a New York liberal. He was just, you know, he was stumble. We would get some of the things we wanted and a lot of what we didn't. But we've been wrong. I think he's going to go down as one of the most conservative presidents this country has ever seen as far as his policies go. But the Kanye effect. Kanye has, I don't know, how many million followers on on uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all this kind of stuff. Millions. And when he started talking about Candace Owen, he started talking about President Trump, those millions of people, some of them got very curious and they started looking into it. And then they hear the things that these individuals say when Kanye West is sitting in the president's office, uh, the Oval Office, talking about the liberalism. What has liberalism done for the black community over the last 60 years? I mean, it's the same things I said when I was uh, on CNN back in 2008 with Don Lemon. The first time I was on, you know, I got beat up because I was all happy just to be on TV. Ooh, everybody watched. I had the whole family watching, and he just eviscerated me talking about death threats and breeding the hate mail. And then, like, brother, please, brother, why are you going? Why are you going to vote for Obama over John McCain? I'm like, well, because John McCain is is less of a, a socialist than Obama. Come on, brother. That's what he said. The next time I was invited onto his show, I was ready for it. And I'm like, okay, why are you voting for the Democrats, Don Lemon? What have they done when it comes to uh, the abortion rate, when it comes to single parenthood, when it comes to education rate, when it comes to graduation rate, when it comes to, to uh, incarceration? What, 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 what have the Democrats done? He went to commercial. <laughs> and then I was off of that show. And then I ended up standing up for uh, conservative principles, and I led to the first live walk-off of an interview on CNN. Google it, James C. Harris, CNN. They'll pop up. So I was out there. But there wasn't a movement. Why? Oh, it wasn't time. But with this generation, with Kanye West, with the Candace Owens, and even my stuff out there on Facebook that was going viral in 2016, you have a whole generation of Americans of African descent who are now ready, who are now open. Kanye has 29 million followers. On, I'm sorry, followers on Twitter. And he also, and his wife probably has even more than that. I'm going to get to her in a moment. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. It, it, it doesn't matter how it happens. We need to be ready to embrace the results. I've heard Glenn Bett talk about how uh, Kanye West might be, uh, you know, God might be using him to usher in the next uh, age of uh, a revival. And uh, wouldn't that be funny? Kim Kardashian has 62 million. <laughs> She's beating her husband. But, uh, yeah, the next wave. Because, of course, Kanye West has given his life to Jesus. And his latest album, Jesus is Lord, is just blowing people away. Not just in the music industry, but it is amazing when you have you have news networks, NBC, ABC, CBS, covering Kanye and have to mention that Jesus is Lord. 
And Kanye is not shy about saying it. He's not shy at all. So much so, the, the, that show, the uh, Kardashian show, I have never watched one episode of it. I haven't even seen a minute of it. I know how popular that it is. In a recent episode, you had Kanye asking uh, uh, Kim Kardashian to dress more modestly. What? 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 Yes. And it caused a little bit of friction. He said, you know, now that I'm a Christian, to see my wife out here dressed so scantily, you know, that it does something to my soul, does something to my spirit. She went back at him like, look, you created this. This is what you wanted. He goes, that's back when I was a rap star. But right now I'm a Christian. I, I, I want that. <laughs> now, according to, uh, uh, to Kim Kardashian, uh, now, because of uh, her husband and recent trips to the White House, it's had an effect on her on her Instagram feed and, 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 and somewhat she's now dressing somewhat, somewhat more conservatively for her. At least she said, I think I have a little bit, um, uh, changed a little bit less sexy these days. I don't know if it's that uh, the fact that my husband has voiced that sometimes too sexy is just overkill and he's not comfortable with that. I listen to him. What? And I understand him still. At the end of the day, he always gives me the freedom to be and do what I want, but I'm I'm changing. Why? Is it because, you know, because he's uh, lording it over her? No. Actually, they love each other. She loves him. She wants to honor him. What? What? She said, but but I I kind of had this awakening myself. I realized that I could not even scroll through Instagram in front of my kids without full nudity coming up on my feed pretty much all the time. I definitely don't want to expose them to that. Ladies and gentlemen, I think what we're watching here is pretty magnificent and that is coming out of the popular culture. Part of it, what we're watching is Jesus. And the other part of what we're watching is a, a political awakening sparked by these individuals. And to that I say, amen and boom shakalaka. I was out in San Francisco recently and right when I was in Chinatown in craziness, craziness ensued and it was inspiring. I'm going to tell you about that. My name is James T. Harris. I am sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. James C. Harris sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. I am in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where we operate out of Phoenix, Arizona. News Talk 550 KFYI. That's where you can hear the conservative circus Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. AZ time. And I have to tell you that uh, uh, we absolutely have fun with conservative issues. That's what we do. You can follow me at James T. Harris uh, at Twitter, James T. Harris Media on Facebook, or James T. Harris uh, Instagram. Just look for the beautiful man. The cowboy hat, and you'll know that you have found the conservative circus. I originally from Wisconsin, 
Don't hold that against me. Great state. I wouldn't be talking about great state. And uh, I was uh, born and raised there, and I was a Packer fan against my father's will. He he moved from Mississippi up to Wisconsin, and the one thing he did not like about Wisconsin were Packer fans because they're so loyal, almost rabid. And uh, he raised me on the on the Bears. And then when I became an adult, I had to reject that and embrace my true heritage as a cheesehead. Even though I'm in Arizona, I still love the Packers. My program director happens to be a San Francisco 49er fan. <laughs> so I decided that last week I w- we would go out to a game. I wanted to take him out to San Francisco and watch a game together because, you know, he's taught me almost everything I know. I just wanted the opportunity to watch his team get humiliated and laugh at him. I was in my Packer gear. He was in his San Francisco gear, and he actually... After the beatdown, I used a a San Francisco 49er napkin to to wipe the tears from my face. That's how ugly it was. But because that game moved from the afternoon to the evening, it was flexed, which made the misery (laughs) more miserable, primetime beatdown. We had an extra day to burn. So uh, we decided to take the train from San Jose up to San Francisco. Just to see it for ourselves. You've heard the stories. You've heard about Nancy Pelosi's district. You know about what's going on with the homelessness. Just everything is completely out of control. People relieving themselves in the streets. Well, we had an opportunity to go up there and and, and we did see that. It's sad. It's really sad. But while we were in, in Chinatown, I met an individual. His name was Brandon. He self-identifies as a dog because he does not like cats. He liked my cowboy hat, and he wanted to know if it was edible leather. And I told him it wasn't. He asked me where I got it from. I said, I think it came from Southern California. He goes, ooh, ooh, L.A., San Diego? That's even worse because of the border wall. Then he brought up Trump. He said, first of all, you have to give it to Trump because he puts America first, and he turned all of us gay, lesbians, tranny, vegans against each other. See, he identifies as a doggy, and he says that the, that the lesbians are the kitty cats, and the kitty cats and the, and the trannies, they all are eating up each other. He said something else that's very interesting. He said, you have to give President Trump credit, because he puts America first. Who can be against that? Even if he puts up a wall around the whole country and tries to keep others out, he's still saying America first. Here's my takeaway. Even in San Francisco, in Chinatown, even with with the people who are just living lifestyles that we don't understand, President Trump's America first is coming through. That is a good thing, my friends. Thank you very much for having me. And remember to respect each other. James T. Harris, sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck.